Welcome to the Impact Church Podcast and Merry Christmas. Just a week before Christmas, wow, we're still dealing with Home Alone. And we're talking about the restoration. We're talking about the plan that God has to restore all things. We got to see at the end, all things were restored in Kevin's world and it was better. And I want you to see how incredible the restoration purpose of God is. You know, the verse we just used the most is out of Zechariah chapter 9. It says, we are prisoners of hope. I mean, I am bound up by hope. I, I can't relax my grip on hope. And I know that God's going to come through. And it says he will restore. And he's going to restore twice as much. So come on, get excited right now. Because we're going to talk about restoration. Let's get into the word. I'm just, I'm just feeling a bit of the glory today. You feeling a bit of the glory today? I'm telling you, you need a miracle. Just say yes. Just say yes. We got our, our dear sister here. She came in today. You know, last week she was saying some days she can make it, some days she can't. Sometimes I feel strong, sometimes I go. She back here this morning, she told me, I'm back, I feel strong. Something happened to me. Hey? Man. She says, last week you were praying and something happened to me. Something, something, something happened to me. Somebody help me. Something happened to me. Yeah. Something happened and now I know he touched me and made me whole he made me whole praise the Lord praise the Lord praise the Lord praise the Lord Shaba <laughs> praise the Lord home alone we're doing home alone three little Sermons and Home Alone, I've kind of enjoyed it myself. Never done this before, but here we are. We talked about isolation, and we talked about invasion, and now we get to talk about restoration. So we talked about isolation, and impact people are committed to living in authentic community. We're committed to it. Isolation was never God's plan. Isolation is rooted in selfishness. That's, look at Proverbs 18.1. What a, what a verse. Wow. It says, the one who isolates himself is rooted in being selfish. Seeking your own desires. It says, but you know, you could lean into the goodness of God. And uh, then it says, isolation fosters deception because you develop a narrative around that. And, and you know, it says, it says, or have you deceived yourself? Sometimes it's not just the devil. The Bible says you're not manifesting it because you're deceiving yourself. Community is a really good place to be so that doesn't happen so that you got people you can work things through. Isolation is resolved in Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we talked about the incarnation is an introduction of a cosmic collision of kingdoms. It really is. God became flesh and dwelt among us. God invaded the darkness and the light of his glory came. Behold, in the darkness, a great light has shone and Jesus came and he is the light of the world. First John 3, 8 says, for this purpose was the son of God manifest that he might work and he might destroy the works of the devil. So that's a full on collision. That means that wherever the kingdom of darkness is at work, Jesus came to eradicate it to remove it and get it out of the way thank you mr zimmer and you know it says in john it says as he is so are we in this world so you know the great commission he sent us to to heal the sick to raise the dead to cast out devils you know that's a part of the great commission to go and to preach the good news and a part of the good news of the gospel is the devil isn't in charge anymore and we got a responsibility to get out. And wherever we see it, you don't have to get weird like I finished last week. Some of the most amazing deliverance I personally experienced and I personally ministered were through a hug. 
You know, speak the truth in love. You know, know the truth, and the truth will make you free. But you, you minister truth in love. Incredible breakthroughs happen in people's lives. All right, so Ephesians 6, 11 said, stand against the devil's scheme. Take your stand. And I love that about Kevin, because Kevin took his stand. Kevin knew that these guys were going to try to get in. Kevin knew that these guys have been looking at this house. They got us in mind. They're planning to come take our stuff. And Kevin's like, yeah, not today, dude. And he had a plan. He developed a battle plan. That's the word methodia that they journey with. They journey behind. Don't be afraid. Don't, but, but it also says do not be ignorant of the devil's schemes. Don't be ignorant of it. There's sometimes there's something working in your life and it's not God and it's not even you. And you cannot medicate a demon. You can't counsel a demon. You got to cast it out. Counseling didn't work. My medication didn't work. It could be a spirit of infirmity. Sometimes you got to shake it off. You got to say, hey, boom, bang, devil. Not today, not in my house, not here, not ever, in the name of Jesus. And even if you're a believer, I mean, a good, solid believer, you know, it says the devil attacked Jesus in the wilderness. And then it says, and he left him for a more opportune time. What does that mean? The devil said, all right, I'm going to pass. You can have this one, but I'll be back. And even Jesus in his ministry, the enemy would come back. He's looking for a more opportune time. But thank God, thank Jesus, he showed us that when you use the sword of the word of God, the word of God was written so that it can be spoken by you. And when you speak the word of God over your life, it eradicates the devil. It's the sword of the spirit, the active working word of God that eliminates his influence in your life. Can I get an amen? Hey, that was, that was good, Pastor. That was a little recap. So we see a picture of the policeman here. There's, uh, there's Joe Pesci, eh? Gotta love Joe Pesci, right? And there's, there's Joe Pesci as the criminal. Boom, bam. So he was scoping it out. And you know, the angel, devil says the devil comes as an angel of light. You know what that means? It means that seems pretty good. That looks pretty good. That sounds, sounds like that's really sound. But he's coming to steal from you. And he come in disguise. I mean, I mean, the devil doesn't always, it's not like the red guy with the funny little tail. You know what I mean? That, in fact, when you, it says when you see the one who did all this disturbing of the nations, you're going to go, that's it? It was him. He's actually a beautiful creature created as a musical instrument. And you're going to go, so that's what made all this mess. And you're going to go, what was I thinking? You've been given all power and all authority over every work of the devil. Hey. Well, Pastor, I, I just leave him alone. He leaves me alone. We made a deal. He's not going to make a deal with you. He's a liar. He's a total liar. If you think he told you, I'll leave you alone, if you leave me alone, he's lying to you because he'll kick you when you're down. He'll come at any time. Anyways, enough about the devil, right? Because Jesus is a mighty God. I love Kevin because Kevin went home and he made a plan. He made a plan. You know, you got to make plans. I'm not ignorant of the devil screams. I'm onto him. And you know what? You make plans. You know, I'm protecting my stuff in Jesus' name. Plead the blood of Jesus over your family, over your lives, over things. Don't just, it'll all be good. You know what? You, you command it to be good. You command your way. You speak to your way. You speak to your life. You command things to go well. It's going well for me today. All right, so I love this because Mr. Marley, the neighbor, shows up, and the old shovel in the head trick, boom, bang. And just when he thought, oh, no, he's got me. You know what? He'll never get you because Jesus will never fail you. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. I will never leave you forlorn or give you up. You're in my hand, and nothing shall ever take you from my firm grip on you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Philippians 1.28, don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them. You stand strong. The enemy comes in, you go back off, dude, right now. 
Don't be intimidated. And it'll be a sign to them of their destruction. They're going to be destroyed, but it's a sign that you are being saved even right now by God himself. All right, now I got a picture here in the bus the polka bus remember this mom's trying to get home i mean he's left alone they found out oh my goodness we left kevin behind what right away a plan was underway to bring restoration can i get an amen there's a plan right now no matter where you think you are you might feel lost or broken or or isolated but i'm telling you god is working behind the scenes right now you may not see it but he's working you may not feel it but i tell you mom she's got a flight she's coming she's going through all kinds of cities and if i gotta get on a polka rider truck with these guys i am coming kevin i'm coming i'm gonna rescue you if god has to ride a polka bus you know what's so amazing is God is here. Christmas is God don't have to take any rides. He doesn't have to find a flight. He doesn't have to find a special way to you. He is right here. God, where are you? I'm right here, Carl. Face to face. Spirit to spirit. I am one spirit with God Almighty. He will never leave me or forsake me. Do you know where he lives? Right in this belly right here. God is alive and well, and he has made me his dwelling place forever. Hallelujah. So, I mean, Kevin's mom, she had to ride in the polka bus. But you know what? God once and for all. Christmas means God has united himself with you. You just have to say thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You know, mom, there, there's a little close up there. How many just love John Candy? Come on. Good Canadian guy, I tell you. And then they're, they're in church, right? And I love this scene. How many have watched this since we started the series? How many have not? How many didn't know it was mandatory? Man, you'll never get the full feel of this sermon. But he goes to church and Marley's there and Marley comes over. Have you been a good lad, Kevin? He says, I don't know. And they start talking, but then he says, you know, how's Christmas for you? And Mr. Marley says, you know, my family's kind of broken. I haven't seen my son for a long time. We don't talk to each other. But I love what Kevin did right there. Kevin said, change it. Kevin said, you know what? That's not right. I mean, why are you letting that separation in your life take place? As much as it's possible to you, why don't you make a call? You know, it says in the Bible, says, as much as it's possible with you, live at peace with all men. So you know what? If it can't be done on their side, at least do everything you can. And you know what? He said, make a call. Why don't you make a call? Here's Kevin. He's in church. He knows I'm alone. There's guys planning to rip me off. He goes to the church, says, I'm going to make a plan, Almighty. Maybe he got the plan right there in church. Maybe that's where he got the revelation. The paint can is, you know, the torch. I don't know. I, I'm just, that could have been where he got it. It's just a movie, Pastor. I know, I know. But in this church, he's telling Mr. Marley, don't settle for brokenness in your life. Let me say this to you. Don't settle for brokenness in your life. In any realm, in any sphere, in your physical body, in your relationships, in your work, in your finances. You know what Christmas says? Christmas says, don't ever settle for less. Because I've given me my very best, and I'm going to back it up with everything. I'm not just a promise maker. I'm a promise keeper. Amen. And I love this last scene where, and this is right here. I don't know, but, but I literally did. I'm all by myself in the basement watching the movie. And when I saw mom come home, and then this hand go up like that, I went, oh. 
I literally, involuntarily, I gulped. And I went, Movies are a powerful medium, aren't they? They really communicate strong. But, but I just, I felt so great about restoration. I felt so great because here he is, the father and that nail-scarred hand, and the son is home, and there's restoration. And when mom came in and hugged Kevin, I went gulp. And then even his brother, who was such a pain, started speaking kindly to Kevin, and the whole family was, Kevin, you're so awesome. And you know what? The whole messy thing is behind us. God has reconciled all things for your favor. Hey, who knew? Matthew 1.21, let's go. You ready? Let's go. We're going to go on a little quick journey, all right? Matthew 1.21, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, which means the Lord saves. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, sins isn't like the bad little things you do or the lies or all that stuff. It is all of that, but sin is anywhere where you're missing the target. The word sin means to miss the mark. The word sin means to fall short. The word sin means there's something that's for you and you're not realizing it. And the mark that it says you're missing in Romans chapter 3.23, it says for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. So you know what God's plan for you is? His glory, His presence, His manifest majesty and all that He is being worked in your life. Jesus came to save all of mankind so that you are no longer missing the mark. I'm saving you from missing the mark. I'm going to bring you back into a place. I'm aligning you with the target of God's purpose for your life. You're going to be baptized, smeared with the very Christ, the anointing himself, and you're going to shine and glow with the glory of God. And people are going to say, what's going on? Take me to your leader. Man, I'm telling you. So that's what Christmas is all about. Now I'll give you a little picture here, all right? So can you see that? How many, that's what your shower looks like at home? Just admit it. Just admit it if it's you. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. You know, I, when I went to Peterborough, I was in love with this girl called Cheryl, and I, I was in Toronto. I had to go back to Peterborough, and when I go back to Peterborough, I would stay with my brother, and uh, I'd spend time with Cheryl, but my brother had, a, had one of those on a faucet, and I would go back week after week, and his wife would always say, when are you going to put the right faucet on. It was just a cap. You just had to go to Canadian Tire, get a cap, you know, take the vice grip off and, and put the proper handle on. But John was like, it works. <laughs> and here's this poor wife going like, I got to turn this little vice grip, you know, to get the cold water every day. And I looked at that for months before finally Cindy said, that's enough and called somebody else to come and do it. But my brother was willing, God bless you, John. Anyways, but my brother was willing to just, he was willing to live with a bit of brokenness. He was willing to live with a, you know, there's some stuff not working in my world, but I'm okay with that. You know what? That's good enough. You know, there's a lot of believers that look like that. There's a lot of believers that, well, it's kind of functioning. There's a lot of us who just settle for it works. It's okay. You know, I'm done with settling for almost. I'm done with settling with it's close. I'm done with that. I don't know about you. I'm not trying to offend you or hurt you or, or point you out, but we should all be done. 
I am done with my life misrepresenting my Savior. I am done with my life not measuring up to what he's done for me. I am done with low living, low giving, and all the rest of that stuff. And I want to properly represent my Savior. I want every promise that he has spoken to me, I want every promise to be kept in my life. And I'm going to put a demand on it to be manifest in the name of Jesus. All right, you know. And, you know, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. But, you know, we should provoke one another onto good works. You know, we got to quit commiserating about not, what's not working. And we got to say, let me bind my faith with yours. And let's command this to come into expression in your life. Let's be rabid about the goodness of God and the glory of God. I'm not satisfied with good enough. Merry Christmas. Hey, Habakkuk 1, verse 2. I love the book of Habakkuk. My favorite verse is in Habakkuk. But Habakkuk 1, verse 2, he says, How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you don't listen? I'll climb up my watchtower. He, he gives this long complaint. And then at the start of chapter 2, he says, All right, I just put a bunch of business your way. He was basically saying, You've made promises to us. You've said stuff about us. You told us that if we call out to you, you are the God who hears and answers prayer. You said in a time of trouble that you are close by. You said that you will always bring us through and you'll deliver us. Well, how long do I got to cry out for help and I'm not seeing your word manifest in my life? How many have complained and got in the face of God a couple times? You know, it's okay. You know, God, God literally says, come and let's, come on, contend with me. He says, of my word, command you me. Command it. How did he say, come into my presence? How? Just quietly, Lord, I got a problem down here. I'm just wondering if you got some spare time there. No, he said, come boldly to the throne of grace. He loves bold approaches. I come running in. Oh, that's Carl again. <laughs> Sorry, Father, I just knocked over the candelabra. <laughs> but I need help over here. He answers prayer when you come in boldness. Go ahead and read it in, in 1 John. It's good stuff. This, it says this is the privilege of bold praying. You know what the privilege of bold praying is? You get answers. It's in the Bible. All right, how long, how long? He said, I'm going to, and then he said, I'm going to stand here in my watchtower. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I made a massive complaint, but I'm going to man up and I'm going to stand here. And you, however, you answer, I'm here. He said, I've made a massive complaint, but I'm going to stay here in my guard post. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to wait and see what you say. And I'm going to say how you answer my complaint. And then Habakkuk 2.14, my favorite verse. Here's how he answered him. He says, let me answer you. And in that, he said, the just will live by faith. You're gonna, how are you going to see this? You're not going to see this through performance. You're going to see this through faith. And he said, and I'm going to do something. And if I told you about it right now, you wouldn't believe me, but I'm going to do something in your day. I'm going to blow your mind. And then he said, I'm telling you, as the waters cover the sea, my glory is going to fill the whole earth. It's weird out there. I realize I'm an old white man. Did you know that? I grew up in a different time. I, there's stuff I watch on the news now and things they do and the way people behave. I literally, it's a head shaker. I'm scratching my head. I would consider myself a pretty open person. I'm very accepting. I'm very, very tolerant of wherever people are at. But people are getting at some weird places right now. I'm just like head shaking, I tell you. 
I mean, if I went to high school and they had cat litters in the bathrooms because there's people identifying as some kind of cat spirit or something, I guess that's okay, and I'm not trying to be rude. I just, I, I just wow, I, I, I want to understand. There's something going on with that person where they, they really genuinely believe that. And I'm like, wow. Did I tell you about a lady with a little green man? came to my office and she phoned me said can I come see you somebody told me if I talk to you you can help me and I was about to go home and I was like I don't have a lot of time but I said if you could come right now I'll see you I don't usually see people I'm not in relationship with because you just never know pastor Stanley told me he said God adds to the church the devil does too so sometimes you got to pay attention you know so anyway I said sure come see me so this lady came she sat down she said at three o'clock every day a little green man runs out from under the sink Runs around the apartment at 3 o'clock every day, and then he runs back under the sink. And I looked at her in my head, I'm going like, why did I take this appointment? <laughs> and in my head, I'm just like, and here's what I said, you ready? I really believe you believe that. And she began to cry. And she just broke down right there, and she's like, thank you, thank you. And I'm like, thank you? I'm just like, I'm befuddled. But you know what? I realized God slapped me in the head right there and he said, see? I went, see what? It doesn't matter what you think. It matters what they think. No matter where you think you are, what you think about the situation, you get into that situation with them. You step in right where they are and you get involved right now with the little green man and you figure it out. And I realized that, wow, it doesn't matter. Even if it's not even real, it doesn't even matter if it's not real. She believes it's real and she wants it to go away. So I said, do you own your home or your apartment? She says, it's a lease. I said, you're paid up, you got rent, you legally, it's your place. She said, yes, it is. I said, do you want the little green man to be there anymore? She said, no, I don't. I said, well, the devil and the Lord respect legal things. They're both legal experts, and that place is yours. And wherever you walk and you put your feet, that's the place, it's yours. You take authority over that apartment. I said, so you're a child of God, and the evil one has no right to encroach upon your life. So let me tell you this right now. We're going to command the little green man to go right now, and he will never come back in your house again. And she's like, this sounds really good. So I said, let's go. You ready? I said, little green man, you have no authority. You are an interloper. I close every door, every window, every space in the spirit where you think you have access. I redeem the land from anything evil that was done in that property beforehand. But I tell you right now, this lady owns that place. She is a child of God, and you have no right or legacy there, and I command you to go! Now, you have to say it like that. You can't just say go. You have to say, I command you to go! You have to turn go into a seven-syllable word if you really want. <laughs> Boom. I don't even know what happened. All I know is she was very happy, and she left, and I never saw her again. I don't know. But you know what? That one little meeting taught me a whole lot about people and taught me a whole lot about myself. It don't matter what you think about what's going on. What matters is, will you love people where they are and will you help them? So, the earth is going to be filled. I'm telling you, the earth, you're going to have to crawl under a rock if you don't want to see it because the earth is going to be filled with the awareness of the glory of God. The whole earth everywhere, everywhere. And it's moving now and God is restless and he's in acceleration mode. He's got his foot on the pedal right now. Every brake is pulled, every stop is pulled. I'm telling you, and he's full on the accelerator and God is going to move in 2023. People are going to get set free. Lives are going to change. Things are going to move. Things are going to shift. We're going to see God do some good things. Amen. Oh boy, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. All right, so look at this now. We don't, all right? We don't like broken things. 
We don't like broken things. We don't, if you do stop it. We don't like broken things. You know why scratch and dent stuff is cheaper? Because we don't like broken stuff. Oh, let's go to the scratch and dent sale. You walk in the house and everything in the person's house is dented and broken and scratched. People don't like it. Some people do it because they don't mind the broken and the scratched life. You know what? You don't have to live the scratch and dent life. God wants the best for you. You don't have to live in the broken down version of Christianity. It doesn't exist. God wants to bless you exceedingly abundantly. And that's what you should be walking in. All right, little pitter-patter over there. All right, if people buy broken things, they do it for the purpose of restoration. How many love HGTV? Let me pray for you right now, Jesus. I fall asleep to it. It's, I put on my little sermon podcast, and if Cheryl thinks I'm asleep, she sneaks on HGTV, and I can hear it in the background. But... You know what, who doesn't, I love, we live in a very old home, but don't you love like an old house where they're doing renovations, they're restoring things, and they're doing stuff? I mean, I love it, and sometimes I'll record it so I can fast forward to just see the finished product. I don't need all the nonsense in the middle. I just want to see what happened, right? So I record all those shows. Wow, that's awesome. That's good stuff. But we love that. How many, how many love uh, car shows, restoring car shows? I love that, I'm telling you. And you know what? What I love about that is they don't just restore it to what it would have been. They put a new tranny in. They put new shocks in. They put like a, a new Corvette L2 engine in it. And the thing might add a slant six when it was 50 years old. But today, it's got a 500 horsepower. You know, it's not going back to what it was. It's going to be better. It's going to be better. I tell you, restoration is always better. We love restoration shows because we love when things get put back together. You know what Christmas is? Thank you, dear. You know what Christmas is? Christmas is a restoration show. It's what it's all about. Christmas, all of it, the whole thing. We look at it. We look at the whole story. The whole thing is God says, I have sent my son to restore all things. Hallelujah. 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 We are, listen, we are pre-wired to expect wholeness. You know why you don't like brokenness? Because you're pre-wired to expect it to be right. You're pre-wired to expect it to be right. We don't like broken things. We long for things to be right. We will not settle for less than what God has promised. Here's our standard. You ready? Jesus taught us to pray. He said, how do we pray? As it is in heaven, let it be on earth. Well, he's not really going to do that, though. He just, it's just a nice little rhyme. He doesn't really expect us like, Lord, I want my world to be just like heaven. <laughs> That's your standard. That's your floor. What's your life? What's the standard of your life? As it is in heaven. If this ain't heaven, something's shifting right now. If I'm not walking experience in heaven, I'm going to command whatever's in the way to get out of the way because I expect that I'm going to walk in this every day of my life. Uh, Genesis 1, 2 to 3, the earth was formless and empty. Literally, it's the word chaos. It says the word was chaos. The word, the whole place was broken. It was covered with darkness and deep waters. And the spirit of the Lord was hovering over it. You know, you might have a situation in your life that looks like darkness and looks like chaos. But I'm telling you right now, right here, right in this room, right at your seat, the spirit of God is moving on you right now. Right now. He never stops. He never stops working. 
Like, we sing these songs not because they're cute. We pick songs on purpose because they declare what God's doing today for your life. He the way maker. That would be awesome. It'd be so great if a miracle happened. He is a miracle worker. He's not just a promise maker. He's a promise keeper. We sing that so you get it in your heart. You get it in your spirit and you expect it. All right? So the spirit was hovering over the water, over the surf. The spirit was moving in the situation. And then God said in the midst of that darkness and brokenness, he said, let there be light. And there was light. Because every word that comes out of God's mouth prospers for what it was sent. That means, I love Reiner Bonnke said, the word of God in your mouth, the word of God in your mouth is exactly the same as God's word on his mouth. And if God says, let there be light, there's light. If you say, let there be health, there's health. Wow. You're really certain of that, are you? Yes, I am. Well, what if you don't see it? Even if you don't see it, he's working. Even if you don't feel it, he's working. He never stops. And you know what? We're pushing back right now. I'm pushing back this year. I'm going into 2023. I want it all. I want it all. Hey, you know, Lord, what you said, let's have some. I want to get like Habakkuk. Hey, big fella, how long? So we got to cry out. He's made promises to me. Many of you have been here with us for a while. He's made promises to us. He made promises to us back when we were a new life center. He spoke things over us. Literally, I had prophets who would leave here and they couldn't get us out of their mind. They'd have to call me back and prophesy more. I've had people call me and say, there's a radius drawn around this province and God has given it to you. I've had people say, you're going to be an apostolic hub where you're going to raise up signs, wonders, miracle ministries that are going to go through the globe. You know, I had Janet Mills sent me a letter the other day. She said, Pastor Carl, you prophesied crazy things over our lives. And I want you to know, Pastor, we're doing it. And we're going to keep doing it. And we're going to keep seeing it. And, you know, she just wanted to give me an update and the signs and the wonders and the miracles, the things that are happening in the world. And I said, man, that's so awesome. And it's so awesome when you got somebody who calls you father, calls you papa in the Lord, and they call back and say, this is what's going on in our world. We're sending out miracle workers, life changers all over the place, and it's going to ex accelerate, and we're going to touch countries and, and play. You see, God spoke that to us. Well, that prophet was probably a little bit crazy. Well, I'm willing to believe him. I'm willing to agree with him. Because, you know, somebody has to do it. Somewhere, somehow, if not us, who? If not now, when? If not here, where? Well, you know what? It's here, it's us, and it's now. It's time. You know, so God's in the restoration. Jeremiah 33, I love these passages. Jeremiah is, is a weeping prophet, and he's prophesying doom and gloom all the time, and the king just can't stand him. The king takes him and locks him. He's not, he's not just locked in. They dug a hole and locked him in a hole. So he's, he's, he's below ground. He's just he's below sea level. He's just out there in this hole in the ground, and they put him in there saying, shut up. So then they put him in the hole, and he starts prophesying restoration. He starts prophesying, yeah, you're going to go into captivity. It's going to be ugly, but I will restore. 
I will restore. It says, in those days and at that time, I will cause to grow up in David a branch of righteousness. He shall execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. And this will be the name by which it will be called. You know what he'll be called? The Lord, your righteousness. What is that? That's a prophecy about Jesus. That's a prophecy about Christmas. That's a prophecy about Emmanuel. That Jesus has come and everything has shifted. Everything has shifted. And he's prophesying restoration. Things are going to get restored. Give me another verse just for fun. What do we got there? Job. Oh, I love Job. Don't you? Job. I mean, how many read the book of Job? I know some people don't want a job. They think it means job, so they avoid it. But it was... But it's the book of Job. Job, and it says, But as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and he will stand upon the earth at last, and after my body sees decay, yet in my body I will see God. I will see him myself. Yes, I will see him with my own eyes, and I am overwhelmed with the thought. Here's a guy who, literally, the Lord took away the boundaries of protection around poor Job, because the enemy said, if you give me a couple days with him, he won't be blessing you. He won't be serving you. I mean, he's just serving you because you're doing good stuff to him. But I tell you, you let me put a couple of bad days in his life, and I mean, you'll see him run. So the devil took his best shot at Job, and you know what Job said? I know that my Redeemer lives. His wife said, oh, stop, curse God and die, enough already. His friends came and said, you must have done something evil and something wrong. He says, as God is my witness, I wish there was an umpire who could stand between me and God. I am standing here. God, you got to fix this. And in the middle of his pain, he says, I know that my Redeemer lives and I will see him. Even if my body decays and I die, I don't care with these eyes, I will see God. And then he says, ha, ha. And I'm in pain, I'm in pus, and I'm in misery. And yet, I'm overwhelmed at the thought. Ha! You might be in a messy situation, but let your situation be invaded with the hope that God is ready to restore you. Hey! All right, that's good stuff. Look what it says at the end, of, the end of Job. The end of Job, it says, When Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. So you know, the enemy stole from you, say twice as much, or go to Proverbs, it says, if a thief is taken from you, it's seven times. So come on, say better, better. Restoration, restoration. Here's one of my favorite verses, Zechariah 9, 11, and 12. You ready? Whew, ha, this is hot. This is hot right here. This is hot. Just get yourself ready. Say, come on, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Get your receiver wide open. This is hot right here. You ready? As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce to you, I will restore to you twice as much. Okay, some of you didn't prepare for that. <laughs> It's over. A life that does not manifest all that God has promised to you, it's over. We declare right now, we're done. Look what it says. It says, return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope, because I will restore twice as much. How many excited about the twice as much? Come on, I'm excited about that. I got my eyes, I got my eyes on it right now, I'm telling you. And what I love is, look at that phrase, look at that phrase, prisoners of hope. Prisoners of hope. Now, I've been locked up before. It wasn't good. 
I've been, I've been bound by circumstances. I've been bound by situations. I've been in, been in places where, you know, somebody else has got the power over me. I've been in debt situations, other situations where I felt hopeless and I felt powerless. I've been a prisoner to things. Sometimes you feel like you're a prisoner, you're locked down. But think of this, a prisoner of hope. You are surrounded by hope. You are locked down by hope. I mean, hope has you penned right in. Hope will not let you go. No matter how you shake the bars, no matter how much you scream or you cry out, hope has you locked down. Your life's a mess. Yeah, no, it isn't. Hallelujah. What are you so happy about? I'm a prisoner of hope. I can't do nothing but hope. I can't do nothing but get excited. I can't do nothing but have a preferred future because I don't live in what I see right now. I see in the unseen realm that God is working for me. Things are shifting in my favor. Things are about to move in a big way. Why? Because I am a prisoner of hope. Disappointment becomes destiny. When you're a prisoner of hope, you know that you have a preferred future in God that nothing but nothing but nothing can change. And I love it. I will Look what it says. You've got a, the covenant I have with you in my blood. What's he talking about? Talking about your redemption in Jesus. And all you got to do is believe. All you got to do is believe. Please settle down. I'm trying to get through this. We got a banquet tonight. My wife is waving at me. My wife, the timekeeper, is in the room. Hebrews 6, 17 and 18, but God bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath, and by these two great and unchangeable things, because of it, it is impossible for God to lie. Mark chapter 7, got a woman issue of blood, 17 years she suffered. She spent all her money on all kinds of doctors. She wanted change. She wanted restoration. She spent everything in her. But look what it says. It says, then she heard about Jesus. Have you heard about Jesus? And when she heard about Jesus, it was illegal for her to leave her home without a bell, without crying, unclean, unclean. How'd you like to do that for 17 years? Going into Walmart, unclean, unclean. Everybody scatters. Your whole life is alone. You're isolated by disease. You're locked down. But she heard about Jesus. When she heard about Jesus, she left the boundaries of that place. And she went out into the street. She didn't care. There was a crowd of people. She didn't say, maybe I'll get him alone somewhere. Maybe there'll be a time where he'll just be by himself and I can sneak over. No, she went right through the cloud. She literally was crawling on her hands and knees, pushing legs aside, and she reached out and she finally touched the hem of his garment. And immediately she was made whole. And God didn't want her just to experience that without recognition. He stopped everybody and he said, who touched me? And his disciples were like, everybody touched you. Are you kidding me? Everybody touched you. He said, no, 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 no. Somebody touched me. There's people who touch him with intention. There's people who touch him with faith. There's people who touch him with expectation. She touched him. And there was an exchange of virtue. And her life was forever changed. Hello? 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 Mark chapter 10, I love this one, blind Bartimaeus, he's blind. It says, Bartimaeus, son of a blind man, blind man, son of a blind man. His whole life, misery and blindness. He's got a cloak given him to him by the, uh, by the Sanhedrin or the, the priesthood, and he's got a beggar's coat. So this beggar's coat says you're qualified to beg. But you know, he takes the beggar's coat because he heard Jesus was coming by. And you know what he did with the beggar coat? He took it off and he threw it. When a blind man throws something away, 
he don't give a rip anymore. This is not my future. I'm not going to be defined by this ever again. There's things that are defining you right now. There's areas where you feel broken. There's areas in your life where you feel hindered. There's areas in life where you feel God's not coming through for me. It's time for you to throw away the beggar's cloak. (laughs) Throw it! And he went to Jesus. Everybody said, shut up over there. Get him out of here. Shut up. But Jesus said, you shut up. Bring him to me. But then Jesus said, what do you want? Now, if I were a blind guy, I'd say, dude, like, what do you think I want? Like, are you going to make me you know, beg or define it? No, I want to know where you're at. What do you want? Well, I'd like a tuna sandwich. <laughs> he said, I want to see. Boom. What do you want? He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall lack no good thing. A lot of cute scriptures in the Bible about restoration. A lot of cute little places where God promises all this stuff. Well, it's time for us to make sure that he performs it as well. It's time for us to say, I'm not going to have a God. I do not serve a God who just makes promises. I serve a God who keeps promises. God visits in areas of your life when you feel under attack, where it's silent, where it's desolate. He comes in with comfort. His promise is restored. Supernatural invention. Supernatural. But he isn't just a promise maker. He's a promise keeper. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. I'm stirred up. I'm messed up. I'll tell you. I'm telling God I'm never going back. I'm, I'm stepping into 2023, and I'm shutting the door on 2022. 2022, I'm through. I had way too many struggles and fights in 2022. I'm done. It's time to possess the promises. It's time to cross over. And it's time for us to step in. You know what? Even in the new land, we might still have to kill a few giants. But we're going to lay hold of the high things in the high places. We're going to see God do miracles in people's lives. This place can be flooded with people. I got, I got ministries calling me. I got Jerry Seville calling me. He wants to come and do services here in the new year. I got Josh and Janet want to come do services in New Year. I tell you, we're going to see the glory of God hit this place in a big, big way. I tell you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And if you don't want to see it, you're going to have to hide under a rock somewhere. You're going to have to crawl off in a spirit of offense and say, I don't believe it. Well, good luck with whatever you're believing in. We're believing God is going to do great things. He spoke things to me. He didn't just speak them so that I could say, oh, that's nice. He wants me to contend with that word. He wants me, it says to Timothy, Timothy, do a warfare with the word that's spoken over you. He said many have, 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 have lost the faith because they didn't do a warfare. See, the word spoken to you demands that you warfare. You war over it and you command it to come into manifestation. So we're going to war over the word of God. Does anybody feel like warring over the word of God? Is anybody saying this Christmas, just like Kevin said to Mr. Marley, don't settle for brokenness in your life. And there's some of you, don't settle for brokenness this Christmas. Don't settle for it. But I want to see restoration in your lives, in your homes, in your circumstances. I want to see health in your bodies. I want to see breakthrough. Come on, stand up.